Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. When you go, when you're doing things this way, when you're just all about the sex, you're like, you want to fuck? Yes, I want to fuck. And then two people that have zero connection start fucking. It's awkward. We need to work on your stroke game this time. And what I need you to do right now is I need you you to get that dick hard, and I'm going to show you how to fuck this pussy. I went there with my nice smooth, my, my hair down, with my nice blowout. It went from California, no humidity, to I left with my hair looked like I'd been living in the South. I mean, it was curled up. When you curl my hair after sex, like if, if, it, if I walk in straight and leave with it curled, that means you fuck the shit out of me. Hey guys, well, happy Friday. This is, uh, I'm recording on a Friday. We'll see what day this is released. Hopefully on a Saturday this gets to you. But how's everybody doing out there? Hope you're doing well. I'm going to jump right into it. I have some fun. I have some exciting stuff to talk about. I'll give you a little teaser. It's the redemption of socks. He redeemed himself. So I'm going to get into all those nasty, fun details uh, in just a minute. But first, I want to start with, I have just had this outpouring of love from you guys this week. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Lots of good comments, things like that coming in. I want to read a couple really quickly before I jump before I'm going to I'm going to leave you guys hanging just a little bit before I get into the nitty gritty, the real just down and dirty, raunchy, sexy stuff. I know that's what you're all here for. And believe me, I am ready to dish it today. So don't worry. All right, let me start with, I've gotten some really good feedback, just messages coming in. And I want to, before too much time goes by, I I feel bad. Sometimes it's like a month before I get to people's Q&A and even longer. I know that's embarrassing, but you know, I want to just make sure I kind of get everybody now. So let's see, let me scroll down here. This first comment is from Joshua says, hi, Layla. I love the podcast. So refreshing to hear someone speaking honestly about the importance of sex and sexuality in their life. It's really lifted my spirits lately. And you know that it has done more for me than just titillate. I'm not even sure why I'm compelled to write. Maybe it's your honesty about these matters that makes me want to put down, put it down hard and clear and from exactly what my problem is. I don't expect an answer. Maybe just the act of writing it will help. I'm 39 in good shape, moderately successful. I work hard at keeping myself well put together in all facets of life. I have my faults, but I try. My wife just turned 50. And although I love her dearly as a friend, I have zero physical attraction towards her. We met in Fiji when I was 27 while we're both on vacation. In all honesty, it should have been the end there, but due to all many issues, mainly guilt and immigration requirements, she's from the UK, we ended up married and now we have a wonderful nine-year-old daughter. My wife is a good person. She's kind, helpful. We're totally on the same page with regards to money. 
We both run our business together and complement each other so well. She's a wonderful mom, perhaps too wonderful. We seldom fight and genuinely love one another. Despite this, I've been deeply unhappy in our relationship for many years. When our daughter was born, my wife totally devoted herself to motherhood, and I feel like our relationship was no longer a priority. She's not an unattractive woman, but she does not put very much effort into her appearance and does not exercise. I'm a very physical person, a lifelong martial artist. I'm not a heartless person, but physical toughness is very important to me. She's, on the other hand, has become almost frail before her time, with many complaints about her knees, headaches, quality of sleep, but she does nothing to rectify her conditions through changes of diet or exercise. Fundamentally, I totally am turned off by the victim mentality, and I fear that she is drawn to it. Sexually, she is still interested, but over the years, I've drawn back more and more. After breastfeeding, I was told her breasts were too sensitive to touch. I need to be extra careful because of her bad knees, her lack of physical conditioning, serious limits, seriously limits the passion. We sleep in separate beds and could go months without sex and never at my instigating. So why don't I leave? Seems pretty straightforward, huh? Because my daughter, she's a beautiful, kind, lovely girl who I would move heaven and earth for. I want to have a stable child. I want her to have a stable childhood with none of this trauma that comes with divorce. She's incredibly sensitive. And I know no matter what we told her and how well we conducted ourselves, a divorce would scar her forever. Everything else I could deal with. I feel so incredibly guilty that I'm in this situation. No matter what I do, I'm hurting someone. I feel so guilty that someone, that someone, uh oh, oh, I feel so, I, I, no matter what I do, I'm hurting someone. I feel so guilty that someone that society tells us is a secondary concern. Sexual satisfaction and freedom fulfillment should have me questioning my com commitment to keeping my daughter's home life intact. I feel so guilty that my wife will be incredibly hurt if she truly knew how I felt. All the while, I feel the years pass by knowing that a significant part of my life is empty and unfulfilled. Quite the pickle I'm in, eh? So there it is. I'm not really expecting any answers because I don't think there really are any good answers to give. The classic prisoner's dilemma. This is the first time I've even articulated my thoughts and maybe that helps. that's help enough for now. I just thought you should know your honesty moved me and inspired me. This is a strange world we live in and we're told that sex and sexuality is the most important thing in the world and, that, and the most trivial at, at the same time. I wish we could take your example and just be honest. Thank you for that. Josh. Whoo, Josh. Well, I hope it felt as good, good writing that as it did for me to actually read that. I want to dig in on a couple things. Swear to God, I could do a whole podcast about this episode. I may just circle back and do that at some point. Trust me, you've got this. There's a lot of meat on this bone. Let me give you a couple thoughts here. First of all, I'm sensing the super big guilt about, you know, to sort of conform and do what you think is right for society and also right for your daughter. Number one, as a parent, I completely a thousand percent respect your uh, concern for your child and making that a priority and first. Now, so where do you go from there, right? If that's like kind of at the top of your list, which it sounds to me like it is, it sounds like you believe the only option here is to sacrifice your, the things that you need and your own personal happiness for that one goal. 
I don't believe that's true. And here's why. Because we have so, in today's society, look, if you were living in the 1950s, yes, they'd be like, oh man, you're fucked. Like you just, you got to suck it up. You got to be miserable. Wait till she's 18 and out. And then, you know, and then do what you want. That's an option still too, to this day, right? If you just want to say, hey, I'm fucked. I'll wait till she's 18, up and out. And then, and then I'll start living my life. You know, that kind of seems like a bad idea. But again, that's just my personal. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Personal opinion. You'll you'll make the best decision for yourself. I, I trust that. But, you know, there's different ways to handle this. The flip side of this is, this is what I always think about myself, is, you know, the scenarios that you're doing and what you're creating you know, whether you have, whether you have sons or daughters, you are modeling for them the type of relationship that they're going to go out and seek when they get to adulthood. So now if they don't see their parents being affectionate, if they see a lot of fighting, if they see parents that stay together when they shouldn't, eventually those children grew up and will say, my parents were terrible together. They should never have stayed together. I mean, if you want to teach them that lesson, that's fine. However, if you want to teach them the lesson about how two parents can respectably cohabitate, give each other love and respect, while it may not be physical love and res- physical love, they may not see you kissing, but they may see you being affectionate in other ways. You, you and your wife are the ones that now need to sit down because you want to preserve this model for your child and what you're putting forth to them. It's you two that have to sit down and be honest. Sitting down and being honest doesn't mean you're going to wreck this hierarchy of your importance, which is your, which is your child. That means you should be able to sit down with your wife and express these things to her. Obviously you do it in a way that's sensitive. You know, you look, if you think she's gained weight and she's unattractive, those aren't the words you would use, right? You want to help be a good partner and friend to her and help her move past that. But again, if you approach this, especially with a woman under the guise that, Hey, I want to make this better because our number one job that we both agree on while we, while maybe don't we, we agree, we don't agree on everything, but what we probably agree on is how to co-parent and raise an amazing young person and turn out a fantastic adult into the world. So if you start with that in mind, I think all this other stuff underneath will will be an easy conversation for you to have with your wife. And you have so many things that are good and great. You guys are great business minds, it sounds like. You're kicking on all cylinders there. Trust me, your wife sounds like a very sharp cookie. I don't think she's, she's not missing the fact that you're younger, she's older, this big age gap, this is not lost on her. But I think if you don't have an open and honest communication about it, that's where it gets weird. Why can't you have an open and honest communication about it? Just talk about it. 
and do it. Of course, you'll do it in a way. It sounds like you're, you know, I, I trust you. You would do it in a way that's most sensitive. But I, quite frankly, there's so many different ways for people to maintain uh, a family dynamic without pretending to be romantically involved or sexually desirous of each other when they're not. Because this is what your child is not seeing. And again, this is what your daughter is going to take out into the world. So she may go out and seek a man that from her perspective maybe appears distant because or are not affectionate. And you, I mean, again, you have to really ask yourself, like, is this what is, you know, if my, if I look at how my child may be a, a, interpreting our relationship on a, you know, age appropriate level, these are the little things. These are the little seeds you're planting and you're watering. So, but what you can, what, what your child can see is that my parents had open and honest communication. My parents, when they, if they ever fought, they always handled their disagreements respectfully it never meant that somebody's leaving or you had to feel insecure or I had to feel insecure that they're going to go away. Someone's going away. And they decided that, you know, they would live together and raise me because I was the priority, but they also had other interests outside of that relationship. And the point I'm getting to on this is Josh is that you may be able to have, have, when you have this conversation with your wife, she might be be okay with you going outside of your marriage to get certain needs met. If you're getting, you know, this is what mature people do in relationships, right? You have a situation, it's unique to you guys, and you agree upon the best way to tackle this. I look at this and I think you guys totally can do that, you know? And I don't think that, again, if your wife is older than you, and she, which she is, there's an, this, this is not an unsmart woman. This is not an unsophisticated woman. I don't believe any of this is lost on her. I believe she'd probably be relieved to have a conversation with you about it, you know, or at least open the door to communicate about it. And you might be surprised at how the two of you agree to, to work your way through this while staying together, while providing the stability that you want for your daughter. That's probably a priority for both of you. You know, and then both of you are getting your needs met that you can't meet together as a couple. So you check the parenting, you know, super parent box off and boom, you check the, you know, you're each getting your needs met. I think it's very hard and, and very unrealistic, quite frankly, to think that one person, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, that one person and one person only is going to meet all of our needs. That's an impossible belief to put on somebody. And I would never want to be under that kind of pressure. And I don't think any, I'm pretty sure most people would reasonably say they don't want to either. So Josh, I, man, I'm in your corner, buddy. I hope you can just go, don't, you don't have to, don't classify this as a classic prisoner's dilemma. You're, it's not actually. Let's reframe this. Let's classify this as a classic just opportunity to be the for lifestyle design. I have this thing I called lifestyle design and I I've, I did this in my business life. This is how I got where I am, you know, in business. It's just like 
you're the architect of your own life. You're the architect of your own business. You're the architect of your own personal life. Design it, build, design it the way you want and make it happen. Literally. I mean, it sounds like pie in the sky. No, it's not. It's that easy. It literally is. Come up with a plan, build the structure that you want, and then work with, you know, and make it happen. If it's all up to you, right? Business-wise, sometimes it's all up to you. That's easier to go out and do. But sounds like you guys already got the business thing done. And I imagine you probably use some, you know, lifestyle designer being the architects of your own business. And that's what got you to where you were in that business sense. Think about it that way. Take those same principles, apply them to your personal life. It's the same thing. You'll get the same results. So I'm pulling for you. Please follow up with me because I'm actually, I was, I was excited when I read this email. I'm like, God, this guy, this guy can make it happen. You too can, you can design any type of personal relationship that you want with any type of parameters, any type of agreements. As long as the two of you are willing to be open and honest with each other, the sky's the limit. So, you know, you're not stuck. You have all the potential in the world. There's, believe me, I hear people, stories from people there way more stuck than you. All right, Josh, love you. Thank you. That was, I mean, I enjoyed reading that and I hope that helps. Okay. The next one is from Booty or Bowdy. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Okay. Hello, Layla. I just listened to your podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just want to say I love it. And I heard in one of your episodes, oh, that you can join the chat. Can I join in? I mean, if I like you don't want, if I don't want, oh, if I don't mean, you mean, I'm sorry. I mean, if like, if you don't mind, I know you don't like giving sexting things. You don't like sexting. And I hope I can join just having fun. I'm just really crazy about you because I like MILF, but I don't hope anything. I don't hope anything from you like texting or what, but I just hope you can include me too. Thank you. And if we can do email about my information, kind of regrets. Okay. Yes. You, uh, of course you can join the texting group. Okay. I always talk about the texting group. Guys, the number is 415-997-0957. Text that number and just text join. You should get some auto responders. Uh, one will be a V card just like, so you can just put, save that in your uh, phone so that, you know, it's, you automatically you don't have to put my, you don't have to input my information. Boom. It'll save it. And then, and then there's a link where you fill out as much information as you want to give me about yourself. It's not very, it's like maybe, uh, you know, email your first and last name. Maybe I might even ask you for your birthday. Cause if I know when your birthday is, I'll send you happy birthday, that kind of thing. But uh, a lot of people, and if you're not comfortable with putting in your real name, just put in a fake name. I mean, I get some interesting fake names. It doesn't matter. My only point is I'd like to be able to know how to address you when we're texting back and forth. It makes it easier for me because if not guys, what it shows up is is unknown contact. And for my thing is, Hey, look, if you're just going to text me and you, if you're too lazy to put in even a fake name, I am too lazy to even, I'll be too lazy to respond to you. I'm not going to be like, Hey, unknown contact. How are you? And that's just bizarre. So anyway, there you go. Yes, absolutely. You can, you can do it that way. Or you can always email me at curious girl at the curious girl diaries.com. That's a great way to reach me too. Okay. Now the next thing here is, this is from Ricardo. Hi, Layla. I just came across and listened to your last Q and a, it occurred to me that with a DP in mind and your answer, 
to either or question, lesbian or trans, do you want to find a couple, but that couple are a transgender girl who still knows how and likes to use her dick and her male partner? I've explored with a transgender girl and loved it. The feminine side and soft skin, but with a dick to play with. is fun. Some do not like to use it and others do. Oh, and to answer another question, I love wearing panties from time to time. Found a site that make them for men so comfortable. You just don't know you're wearing them. Why do I wear them or like them? I love seeing girls in panties. Not so much full set lingerie, just nice cotton and cheer panties. So I guess wearing them makes me think of sexy thoughts and I ha- that I have when I see a girl I'm with. Or any other, for that matter, in them. Also something funky about feeling or... St- oh, yeah. Also something funky about... F- Maybe he meant to say fun. About feeling or stroking my bulge through sheer soft panties. Lastly... Yes, morning sex. Looking forward to backtracking to your podcast and the new ones along the way. Hugs, Ricardo. Okay. Hey, Ricardo. Yes, I totally would love to be with a transgender girl and then like with them who had a male partner. I'm totally open. I mean, I'm up for that stuff. I'm, I'm open-minded. Absolutely. That is right up my alley. And I'll tell you what, Ricardo, I have no doubt. Let me just tell you. I have no doubt that the site that's making panties for men, they're probably way more comfortable than the, than, than some of the ones that us poor females are buying. Sometimes they're rough, scratchy. They're the, the, they make the, they make the, I'm tall. And so the, the rise that I have, I don't, I'm not saying like I have a long vagina or anything like that, but like the, just my proportions are, since I'm taller, like I'm not five, six, a lot of times the actual, you know, what do you call that guy's crotch part of the panty? It's like, it's too short. Like the, the back of the panty is coming around up into my crotch. It's not comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it shifts. It's weird. So definitely I know the brands that I like and that work well for me, for, for me being tall, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm slim, but I'm tall. And so it just a lot of things right up in the crotch, like body suits, they're made for women that are five, 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 six. They're not made for like five, 10, five, 11 women. And so it just, it pinches, you know, it'll like be pulling tight through there, which is always not the best feeling, but I have a feeling that whoever's making these for men, they know they're gay. They're, they're on, they're on top of it. And uh, Hey, I mean, yes, I don't, of course guys will jack off with women's panties. Why wouldn't you want to wear them? Like you get the same sensation. You're just wearing it instead of just taking five minutes or however long it takes you to jack off with them. Now you get to have that. You kind of get to get teased all day. I think that's hot. So yeah, right on. I'm, I'm, I'm right on with that, Ricardo. Good for you. Okay. The next thing I want to get to is this is from one of my Tumblr followers and his handle is interior play. And he said, I hope you don't mind this short note. I once wrote you after discovering your audio files. I listened to you across Northern Georgia and through Tennessee. It was unforgettable. Just driving down the road and listening to your voice, your humor, and yes, your sexiness. It seems so natural, normal, and was just a delight. Afterwards, I told a Tumblr friend who I believe began following you. So this is just a way of saying thank you for sharing and what fun you are and very best, John. Thank you, John. And I said, and then I followed up with him and I 
thanked him and I told him that made my day. And he said, he says, you're welcome. I know that you're just, uh, we're all just normal people who have a Tumblr side to us in whatever way that is expressed, often via primary or secondary blogs to round things out. But we should hear from each other when something rings true or gives pleasure or something offers div- diversion from daily life. I suppose that sometimes a like is that feedback, but there's nothing like the written word. I don't know if I ever drive, if I'll ever drive on that road again without thinking of you and your podcasts. And it seems to me that you should know that. Have a great day. Be well and be safe. Like I'm, I'm almost like I'm seriously, I'm tearing up a little bit. Like, thank you so much. I really, that means so much to me. I don't even know if I have really the words. I love that. Thank, I love that I just became a part of your history. I've, I've became imprinted on some memories that you're, that are, you're always going to look back on fondly. I'm like, that's probably the, honestly, probably one of the best things I've ever heard. So I, I thank you. I mean, just mwah, 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 mwah. I love you. I appreciate that. And lastly, I want to thank, I've been getting, you know, I've had some donators coming in this week. Thank you so, so much. I, you know, guys, when you take the time out of your day to either, you know, go to iTunes and leave a five-star review or send me a quick note, you know, like this, like John just did, or send a donation, which is, you know, the curiousgirldiaries.com forward slash donate. It doesn't matter if it's $5, $1, $100. It just like means so much. It means the world to me because this, this hobby that I have, this has just been like a labor of love. And it started out as me just really, um, recording for myself, like for posterity's sake, that first year road trip. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to document this. I want to, I'm curious. I want to document this. I don't want to write, you know, write stuff out in a journal. I want to do an audio version. And I didn't do, I just had a website. I started posting it somehow, you know, I guess the Google crawlers or what, however, I don't know how that web stuff works. Trust me. I'm so bad with that. But people started listening. And then I was like, oh my gosh, holy shit, people are listening. And and then I got self-conscious. And then I just was like second guessing every episode I did. I hated my voice. I hated the things I was saying. I felt stupid. I got self-conscious. I didn't want, I wanted to rip down every episode I put up, but I didn't. I just said, fuck it. Post this shit, record it. Do not listen to what you say. Don't sit there and analyze it. Post it. And and I did. And I'll, I'll be honest, I have gone back and listened to a couple episodes from season one and I, I cringe. I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> cause I, I sounded different. It was different. But the cool thing is you, I get to see the evolution of it. And so do you, and you get to follow along through the years of this, the relationships, the ups and downs, the getting stood up, the, the, the highs, the lows, the ding dongs, the dick pickers, the great guys, the love, the passion, you know, we just, everything, 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 everything. And so fast forward to get this kind of feedback from you guys in the way that you feel comfortable delivering it is amazing. It's just amazing. And it's hard to even really express it, but I just, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now let's get into the dirty 
details. What you little perverts are really here for. Okay, and I'm one of those perverts too. So we're all a like-minded bunch. Now, if you guys listened to a couple episodes ago where I met Socks, and if you remember, my my first encounter with Socks was eh, it was it was it was a little off now. And I don't, it's not, I, I don't want to, I'm not throwing socks under the bus. First of all, what I want people to know is when you go, when you're doing things this way, when you're just all about the sex, you're like, you want to fuck? Yes, I want to fuck. And then two people that have zero connection start fucking. It's awkward. It takes a while to get to know somebody's body. That's why I prefer the friends with benefits scenario because you get the chance to actually get to know somebody. And when you get to know somebody, you connect on different things. You start learning about them. You find ways that you relate to them. It changes the way you react with them in the bedroom. That, again, this isn't. This doesn't mean it's still not like a friends with benefits scenario. This still doesn't mean that, this doesn't mean you're, you're trying to turn them into a boyfriend. It just means if I'm going to get naked with you, I would really like to just know, appreciate who you are as a person outside of the bedroom. It doesn't mean I'm going to be falling in love with you. Trust me. It doesn't mean I'm going to be wanting, you know, anything close to boyfriend, girlfriend. No, that's unrealistic. It just means that I'd like to know who you are. I'd like to know a little bit about who I'm doing the nasty with, who I'm sharing my body with. And, you know, know that you're a, a good guy instead of, you know, a piece of shit because I don't want to fuck a piece of shit. Nobody does. Even if it's just casual, it doesn't matter. You could be a great looking guy. If you're an asshole, there's no way that penis isn't getting anywhere near my vagina. No, no, no. So we all have our, you know, we all have our little rules, right? So that being said, the first encounter with socks was, you know, there wasn't a lot of upfront, I would say specifications on hard limits, what's okay, what's not okay. And he just led with probably what works with him and a lot of women. It's probably okay that that works. I assume it's working. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't be doing it that way. And when I came back for the second time, I had it in my head, boy. I was just like, you know what? It's not going down like that again. Trust me. I'm showing up and I'm going to take, I'm going to take the lead this time. And that needs to be done that you need to be able to feel confident enough to tell the person, Hey, or switch it up. You've, you've got to find a way to switch it up. And I, which I did in a fun, playful way. So basically I walk in, he's usually, this is what he does is he'll shower. He'll, I'll text him right before I'm leaving. He'll shower before I get there. So he usually opens the door naked or just with a towel on. So he's freshly showered, which is very nice. He's, you know, he's getting his lotion on. He doesn't have any rough edges. He's not ashy. (laughs) He's taking care of himself. I appreciate that as a woman. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It's, you know, he's not over, he's not feminized. There's nothing feminine, you know, feminine about him. He just takes pride in his hygiene, his appearance, all that. That's fabulous. So we go into the bedroom. I see the restraints again. First thing I I look at that, you know, I'm like, okay, I brought my bag of trips, tricks. I put them out on the bed. I grab the restraints. I say, first off these, I toss those to the ground. I go, that's not happening. I 
turned around and I just told him, hey, second thing, we need to work on your stroke game this time. And what I need you to do right now is I need you to, you to get that dick hard and I'm going to show you how to fuck this pussy. And that's basically what we did. And it went from there. So it starts with me jacking him off, getting him hard. He's up against the wall and I'm kind of going, you know, I'm going at him. And I'm like, I'm going to get that fucking dick hard and you're going to fuck me the way I want to be fucked. And I'm going to start out on my back so I can watch you going in and out, fucking me with that big cock, because that's what I like. And then I'm going to get on top and I'm going to ride your ass. <laughs> well, right, not his ass, right, his cock. I did that. We just, boy, I'll tell you what, it was a thousand percent better. We were, oh, and the talk was so nasty and we even got racial with it. He's like, yeah, bitch, you know, black cock matters. I'm like, you know what? White pussy matters. So take that black cock and you fuck this white pussy. We're going to make it matter. <laughs> I mean, this is no joke. And it was, you know what? It was fun. And he was working. I mean, sweating all over me. I was sweating too. I was working too. I went there with my nice smooth, my, my hair down with my nice blowout. It went from California, no humidity to, I left with my hair looked like I'd been living in the South. I mean, it was curled up. When you curl my hair after sex, like if, if, it, if I walk in straight and leave with it curled, that means you fuck the shit out of me. That means we did some serious fucking work and, it, and that's what we did. And you know what? The stroke game was better because he's got a good cock and he, and, and he can use it. When he's, when he's stroking that pussy, right? Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Just the thing I think guys forget because they watch a lot of porn is that they think it's just about that. Bam, 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 bam. Use that in moderation. That's, that's what you're going to do. A, probably when you want to make yourself come and B, when you're trying to push her over the edge. But a lot of the time, just that, just that slow, strong stroke. Oh, baby. I mean, that will drive a woman wild. You know what I like about that is that kind of, that kind of teasing and that kind of like, especially when your dick is really hard and you're stroking like that, it gets me right to the edge and I can edge myself. I can get up there and back off, get up there and back up. It drives me fucking crazy. Then I can come and then I can start, and then I can come again and again and again. See, so it doesn't always need to be the hard, like I say, the porno fucking. I think that guys don't realize those women are acting. I hate to burst your bubble. Anybody that doesn't know this, they're acting. They cut those scenes. It's not one long contiguous sex scene fucking. They're, they're, they're switching up. They're doing outtakes. You know, a guy loses his erection, his chick's got to get hard again. There's all this shit that goes on. It's like producing, it's production, it's production. So it's produced. It's not, it's not like watching homemade porn, you know, and even homemade porn, you're going to have to switch it up. Anyway, this was a thousand percent better. So much more fun. He had me gagging on his cock. 
all the way down my throat, you know, on my knees, off the, with my head off the back of the bed, eyes tearing, watering the way I like it. It was, it was hot. And the, and, and the, and just the dirty raunch and raunchy intense, you know, he had his hands around my throat, a little slapping. He even grabbed my throat so hard. You know, I came home and I noticed I had a little, I looked at my neck and I'm like, Oh fuck that. That's not a hickey. Cause I know he wasn't like sucking on my neck. I, I would have been like, don't give me a hickey. Right. If that's a thumbprint, like there's a thumbprint bruise on my neck. <laughs> which is fine because it doesn't look you it, it's just like if it was darker you would think it was a hickey but you can just kind of tell like oh that's a bruise from something and then you can kind of see where his hands are wrapped up around on the other side so i would recognize it and of course i do as a handprint bruise and other people are just it's going to fly under their radar which is fine but yeah the and then just all the dirty nasty talk i mean you know, uh, I was getting graphic with it, you know, just telling him, I don't know how many times I use the P word, you know, how, how I was just telling him, you know, you're going to come in this pussy, you're going to fill it up, you're going to fuck this pussy. We had to change out condoms. I mean, yeah, it was a good session. It was, this was a good session. So, and then all the sweating and, <laughs> you know, when you're sweating, you know, you're working hard. I mean, you're getting a workout. God damn it. So one of these times I'm going to try my Apple watch and see if I can just pick like a generic thing and it'll track my heart rate. I'm curious if I'm in the cardio zone. It feels like it. <laughs> damn near feels like it. But yeah. So, I mean, at one point my butt plug even came out on accident. I mean, it was just, we were going for it. So I, I would, yeah, I, I give this, uh, this is a marked improvement and, you know, I look forward to, I look forward to even more because I'll tell you what, you, this guy's got a good dick and like if he can really master how to use it and it's not to say, I'm not trying to say, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. No, it's just, I think the more experiences men have with women that come different ways, their bodies are wired differently, it's only going to make them better. The guys that, you know, the guys that I know that are just kind of like masters of fucking, it's because they pay attention. It's because they've had a lot of experience because they realize it's not just one thing that gets a woman off. We have so many different erogenous zones, things, you know, are, are G spots are clits are nipples. You know, I mean, I was biting him. I was scratching him, you know, I was telling him to bite my nipples. I mean, it, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was good. It was good. And I, I'll say I'm, I'm, I wasn't counting him out, but I, after last time I was like, I don't know. You know, it was the first time I was like, I don't know. Do I want to go back? And it's not a slight on him. It's just that I think and this is more, I'll take, this is more my lesson for me. It's just like, I need to be more clear. I need to be a little more clear. And, and so moving forward with, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And you know, this guy socks, you know, his, let's say, you know, just my interaction with him makes me a better lover. And hopefully I assume that, you know, the con, the converse is true. 
So, so you did a good job, Socks. Why don't we keep making each other like better? <laughs> Let's keep making each other better. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I'm trying to think if I'm like leaving anything out from the from the Socks encounter. Just maybe the only thing I would say. Here's one thing. One thing is I think guys need to be careful, and I this time I will discuss this with Socks. If you're going to restrain a woman in any way, because at some time, at some points during our, you know, during having sex, I would try to move a certain way or move my hand or move my body. And he would try to keep me in a certain position or actually physically, you know, restrain me, like not letting me move. You, you have to kind of, and this is, I think this goes with reading people better and knowing like, Sometimes if somebody's pushing my legs a certain way or they move them out of a certain position, you can be moving them right as I'm about to come, you know, and, and then it, and then it, and then it stops that and it fucks the whole thing up and nobody wants their orgasm interrupted. So you have to be careful about that. The, 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 le the next thing is when you're really, you know, if you're restraining someone's hands and especially while you're, um, fucking their face, if you're face fucking them. You have to know where their level is because there is a point where you can start to feel like you're being suffocated, which is a scary feeling. And I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying I got close to that. This is just to be informative. The face guys that are good at the face fucking know how to finesse it. They know how to do it to where they take you to your edge and just slightly over and then they pull back. If you keep going with it, it's not going to be something you're going to take it from something that the woman enjoys doing to something she just absolutely does not, won't do with you. So let me help you help yourself here. Just start to realize where that boundary is and where that line is and start to read your partner because if they're feeling, you know, trapped with it or uncomfortable or, you know, like they can't breathe. There's a lot, there is a lot going on when you're cramming your dick down somebody's throat. I mean, you can imagine this is like, it can be, it can cause panic in some people. So you just have to be aware of that. Just be aware of that. You know, like where the line is, learn where your partner's line is. And the fun part is when you take them right to the edge and maybe just a second or two over it, but they always have to trust that you're going to know when to back off, even if it's for a second, you know, like 1001, 1002, 1003, you can go right back to it. But I think that, you know, it's, it's an art, it's an art. And again, we're all wired differently and just getting to know everybody's bodies and their idiosyncrasies. It's tough. I get it. But I thought I'd throw that out there. I thought that would be helpful because if you want to be like, you know, you can get, there's guys that are really, really good at it and it's fun. It's exciting. It's hot. I, it's, I personally love it, but there's, it, it can be taken too far where I won't like, where I don't like it. and won't like it. And you have to know where your, where your partner's, you know, gray, gray zone to just absolute red zone, which is no. And if they can't, if you're restraining their hands and they can't talk, they can't use their safe word. So we're really relying, you know, the women, I'll speak for women. We're really relying on the, on the male to be responsible and, and, and know us well enough and know 
when you're when when you're pushing it too far. All right. Well, I think that sums it up. I hope everybody's having a good week. Been having a good week. I've been having a very good week. All this wonderful feedback, like I said, you guys are just, I'm feeling the love. Thank you so much. Again, as always, questions or comments, curiousgirldiaries.com. Join the texting group, 415-997-0957. iTunes, I would love a five-star review. Just go to iTunes and, and leave me one. Have at it. Sound off. And then if you want to make a donation, curiousgirldiaries.com forward slash donate. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.